Talk Live. We are launching into another week of fun and excitement. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. Otherwise, we talk about things that are interesting to us. Coming up, we'll give you an update on what's happening with our uh, friend and host on the show, Sam, who is still sitting in a jail cell, now into his fourth week. So, completing three uh, three full weeks, now entering his fourth week in prison. We'll give you an update on him. Also, uh, marijuana civil disobedience activist Andrew Carroll got an update on his situation as well. But first, we go to your phone calls. Steve is in Canada. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. First, I can't believe that Sam is still in jail after four weeks. And I'm wondering, with with thugs like that, uh, you know, keeping him in a jail cell, how do you feel about when you have nowhere else to turn, having to use the instrument of the state to help you? For example, if somebody broke into your home and stole something, a computer, where would you turn? I mean, it would be hard, I think, to, to turn to these thugs that that do this kind of type of thing. Well, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I do think that the cops are, uh, uh, you know, that, that's the legitimate role, and I don't have any problem with calling them if you need a police report to, in order to get... Uh, don't you know, expect much. Yeah, yeah, your insurance to pay for it. But <clears throat> a friend of mine had his uh, business broken into, and they stole several large, expensive computers. These weren't just your average uh, Circuit City jobbies. Yeah. Uh, these were for big... This was a magazine and uh, for, for big uh, jobs. And he... Uh, you know, called the police and pretty much knew who it was, uh, who had uh-huh. done it, and they never recovered anything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you know, <laughs> it's just it's just not what they do. You know, I mean, sure. I'm, I'm sorry sure. to say that if they run across your stuff, they will likely get it to you. If um, and you know, hopefully it'll be in some kind of good condition. But yeah. they really don't go after property crimes um, with any kind of. Uh, Why should they? Vehemence. They get they get no piece of the uh, the action, right? So right. Now, now, Mark, I know that you think that's a legitimate role for for government, and I know Ian and Guard, you you probably don't. Yes, Mark and I got in a very uh, heated argument about it this weekend. Oh, I'm sorry I missed that, but I'm sure I'll catch up on the podcast. Um, And the funny thing is, well, I was going to say the funny thing is that the government doesn't even think it's a proper role of government in the first (laughs) place. There have been precedents that have been shown. Uh, I had my car, somebody tried to break into my car just a little while ago, and I had all this information. The cop's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, on the phone. And I said, (laughs) yeah, and you know, there was an ATM actually facing it. You might want to contact the company and see whether or not there's video taken or if it's just snapshots when people use the ATM. Because if it's video, then the guys who stole or tried to break into the car are on tape. Because uh, yeah, yeah, we'll look into that, and it's nothing. Nothing's <laughs> happened, you know. Right, right. Well, I, I guess because there's no viable free market alternative right now, we're stuck with this, and and it's either use them or do nothing. And it's kind of hard to do nothing if if some kind of crime is committed against yourself or your property. Yeah, it's a tough yeah. situation to be in for somebody who wants to avoid as much involvement with the state as possible. But as as Mark pointed out, I mean, you are being forced to fund their inefficient system so if all you have is inefficiency to uh, to utilize and you feel it would be for whatever wor- uh, for whatever reason worth your while to spend your time uh, and effort dealing with the cops and filling out their paperwork or whatever it is they're going to ask you to do right. maybe they'll just interview and fill out their own paperwork i don't know i've never uh, right. never had to do that but i wouldn't expect much out of it 
I, I understand that the, the reason I ask, of course, is because I'm dealing with what looks to be a scam situation, an mm. internet scam, somebody trying to milk me for money, and I can walk away from it and not have to worry. They haven't taken any money from me, but I would like to use some kind of instrument to prevent this person from doing this to other people in the future who might fall for it. Yeah. I, I I don't know where to come from on that one. I would say that uh, you know the best you can do is turn that information over to the police. This is one of those uh, perfect circumstances that sort of shows uh, you know because there's no free market incentive for you to hire a private investigator, and that, that's what I'd like to say is if you do want to find stuff, um, you know you're much better off hiring an investigator. Or but what's that going to cost? I mean, as far right. as getting your if it's a if it's an $800 computer and the investigator is going to charge you 60 bucks an hour, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it. No, of course. Of course, it wouldn't be worth it. So maybe I should just make use of the horrible and efficient state tools that are not going to accomplish anything anyway. But Is there anything you can, like a blog post you can put on the Internet so somebody could search for these people at the very least and get some kind of warning from um, from you? Uh, I'm not much of a blogger, but perhaps I'll put something on your message forum, and then it'll come up in a Google search. There you go. All right. Good luck, Steve. Let us Thank know what you. you end up deciding. If you go with the cops, uh, if it's an interesting story, you're welcome to share it with us. Thanks Take for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. We continue here and go unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? Hey, guys. This is Eric. And Eric, what's on your mind tonight? I came uh, or I called in tonight to uh, take fascist Mark back to school. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so the, the, you were just referring to the argument you guys had Saturday night. And, uh, Mark, first of all, I want to ask, how much, uh, how much crime, uh, well, first of all, you said that, uh, you, you felt that, uh, uh, a legitimate police force does, uh, reduce a small amount of crime. Isn't that what you said? Well, I think that, I, I think that a, a police force, its existence, um, the, the idea that there are cops out there looking for bad people, um, you know, it, it does deter a certain amount of crime. I don't know how much. Okay. If you just throw a number out there, just. Throw a number out. Um, it, it reduces uh, at least 25% of the uh, crime that would have been committed. Okay. Remove your police force from the picture. Okay. And now picture a 100% armed citizenry. Yes. Okay. Now how much is crime reduced? I don't think it um, it hurts. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, a citizenry is you know an armed citizenry is a good thing, and that's where the uh, that you know the the crime deterrence should sit. And I think that it's it's probably pretty close to the a, a similar number. Also, if uh, people didn't have cops, they'd be more likely to have dogs. And a house with a dog is uh, one seventh as likely to get broken into as a house without. And we're not talking about you know a big dog. We're just talking about that's just dogs. So you think it would be the same? Same percentage of reduced crime. You don't think it would be much higher? I don't, I don't think it's all you can, speculation. Uh, yeah, you, you can't say because we were talking about a burglary situation. Since Burglars look for uh, okay. you know unoccupied homes. Well, since we're speculating so, here, let's throw this one in there. In addition to having, uh, in a re- realistically, in a voluntary society, you're still going to have a mix of people. Some are going to have guns. Some of them aren't. Uh, unless you have a deliberate neighborhood where people who have guns have moved together, which is certainly a real possibility. But generally, I would say you're still going to have that mix. Uh, but in a free market justice system and a free market in, uh, protection system, the question could then be, what do you think the percentage reduction in crime will be 
Uh, in the absence, yes, in the absence of the government police force, but now imagine multiple competing uh, protection agencies out driving around, patrolling neighborhoods, and doing whatever else, you know, holding uh, seminars, training women and uh, other uh, and people how to shoot firearms and, and training people on how to defend themselves, and who knows what other innovative methods the private protection agencies would come up with to help reduce crime. But then you have to ask yourself, well, what will the crime reduction be in that scenario? And, now, uh, and before we go on here, it's not that I wasn't saying that uh, private protection agencies wouldn't work. You're just saying you don't want to argue it. Uh, well, no. What I was saying was is uh, specifically that Ian said, well, of course, these these private um, protection agencies would be incentivized to help people out and, uh, you know, cr- uh, you know, crime going on next door. They'd, of course, they'd stop something like that. And that's just not so. They would be disincentivized, well, in my opinion. No, I think they would be incentivized to help, but they would also understand their liability if they're wrong. Uh, For example, they don't know, in in the example that Ian gave over the weekend, they don't know, it could be the guy's friend is coming to move some stuff while he's out on vacation. They don't know. So what they'd probably do is they would probably go, you know, ask them who they are, if they have, you know, a legitimate right to be there, take down the particulars, maybe ask them to provide some fingerprints or something. They probably wouldn't, you know, go all crazy and, and, take them to a holding cell or anything like that. Um, but then when the when the owner got back, they could say, hey, we saw this guy at your property getting this, uh, you know, taking these things. Here's all the information. Uh, we'd like to help you if you feel you need help. I know a guard wants to jump in here. Hang on. We're going to bring you back, Eric. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, private protection services, or whatever you want to talk about. This is your show. Take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience, totally free at freetalklive.com. Plus, this program brought to you by our friends at the Free State Project. Coming up this summer, it's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and it's going to be the happening event here uh, in New Hampshire. Of course, the Free State Project puts on the Liberty Forum in the the wintertime, and it's more of a a hotel convention-style atmosphere, whereas the Porcupine Freedom Festival, or Porkfest for short, is a more down-to-earth, camping-in-the-woods kind of fun family occasion. And it's uh, it's going to be a good time. And even if you don't have a family, you're going to have a good time because I think Jason Osborne from SACL CAI is planning on bringing back the fun oh, tent yeah. this it's, year. It's great fun, and the fun tent really, really just makes it even better. I don't know if the fun tent qualifies as a family fun time, but it depends on what your family's into, I guess. We were playing Risk there. Yeah, that's true. Some kids. We were. There were some kids in the there. time of day. Yeah, Scope yeah, out point. your own corner and have a good time. Yeah, so uh, it is going to be a good time, and the details are over at the Free State Project's website at freestateproject.org. I believe it's slash festival, but I'm sure you'll find it right there at the top of the page of Project. 
org. Great excuse to come up here to New Hampshire and scope things out, meet some of these great activists. Just had some folks coming up here uh, visiting the Keene area today, and they were worried. They were worried that no one was going to turn out to meet them for lunch. <laughs> However, uh, the... 50 people? <laughs> no, I would say we had a full 12 or so, which is pretty for good. Lunch for lunchtime, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for the middle Imagine. of the day. With three, it was 3 Work o'clock day. in the afternoon, and... Uh, you know, nice folks coming here from Pennsylvania. So many new people all moving here all the time. I mean, if you want to be within the most effective and exciting activist movement that you've ever seen, ever heard of, this is it. This is it. And Gardner Goldsmith, the New Hampshire native, I mean, you must be in awe of all of I've all seen what's it. happening. I've seen it growing and growing, Ian, and it's, I am in awe. It's amazing. It's dynamic. It's fast. You've got all the people. You've got all the activities. You've got all of the events that are planned out. You've got the people who are activists. You, got, you have the people who are involved in the political side. You've got the philosophers. You have the jokers. You have the tech people. It's just awesome. It's so great. And you it's get, all coming together. People are yeah. just fitting themselves into wherever they need to do, to whatever they need to do. They're self-selecting and they're doing the things that are interesting to them. And it's all coming out to where liberty is, I think, going to be on the rise here pretty soon. We're we're holding the line kind of right now against doing our very best, holding holding it in the best fashion we can. I can't say that it's, it's, it's easy. But there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of support from the people that live here in New Hampshire, even though the status would like you to believe that there is none. No, uh, and it's interesting because as more and more status start to pay attention to what's going on with the Free State Project, you and can recognize starting. that the Free State Project is having an effect and they don't like it. Absolutely. It's beautiful. It's a really beautiful thing. And if, 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 if anything, how about just that? Annoy a status. Just annoying the Move status. to New Hampshire. <laughs> it, it really does bug them. I mean, if you've listened, if you've been over at freekeen.com and you've listened to some of the archives of Talkback, where the local activists will call the local Politico talk show and talk about freedom, whenever we get off the phones, it's not long before a statist will call in and bemoan uh, the fact that there are activists here. And one of the, the recent callers was basically saying, hey, this, these guys aren't going away. Yeah. They're, they're, coming, yeah. they're now coming to that funny. conclusion. <laughs> because this is a conclusion I've had, is the, the Free State Project members, and, and they don't all have to be like the free Keniacs, but the Free State Project members are coming. They're coming in droves, um, and they're not going to leave. I you know, yeah. bought a house. I bought a piece of property, 11, 11 acres. I, I put a house on it. This is the I'm last stand for freedom. going anywhere. Yeah. This is yeah. it. This is freedom, and we're going to uh, achieve it or not, and I believe we will. Right. So let's so continue. We're parts of the community. Treat us like it. Let's yeah. go to uh, or back to Eric listening in Texas. Now, Eric, you called in to discuss the uh, the private uh, the private justice slash private policing or private protection agencies. And Guard, I know you'd uh, you'd signaled that you had something to say during the last segment, but we didn't have enough time, so I don't know if you recall what that was. Uh, yeah, in. well, I was just going to say that uh, in this subject, it's not a question of which can eliminate crime. Uh, and which cannot, whether it's the state system or it's the private system. And I think we all we all pretty much understand this, but for those people who might just be new to this, it's a question of which can do the best job ethically and can respond to mistakes. You see, any time the state makes a mistake, it, there is no incentive for it to respond and change and do things appropriately, whether it's a, much a no. feedback. Yeah, exactly. 
the private market has an incentive. Anytime a mistake is made, not even by you, but by someone else, people learn from the mistake. So we're not saying that, that the, the private system will be perfect, but it is improvable to, at a rate that is exponentially greater than what you get with the state. And the reason is because it's responsive to the desires of the people who are asking, actually asking for and paying for the protection service. Because those people can pull their, their, uh, their customership, if you will, from the, con- uh, the company within a moment's notice. I mean, exactly. presuming they're not in a long-term contract or something like that, and even then there are cancellation opportunities right. there. But uh, with the state, if the state does something outrageous, like they're doing to our friend Sam, who's now been in a jail cell for over three weeks, uh, I would very much like to stop paying the state because uh, I'm not interested in this service. This is no. not a service that I wish to be provided or have provided to my loved ones, but yet they're forcing me to provide this. And, of course, their answer is, well, if you don't like it, you should just vote. And, and or I'll, use the yeah. system. I'll give you another example. When I was a teenager, uh, there's a quarry near my house. I was up swimming with a buddy of mine after we had gotten off of work. We were all dirty working in the farm stands, so we end up at this quarry. It's a did great you, place. Did you go swimming naked? No, man. Nah. Go this, ahead. Anyway, so we're out we're out swimming, and the people who own it, they're, they're very vested with the town. They're big wig lawyers, mm-hmm. and they own a lot of land and all this stuff. So uh, we get caught, and... Uh, I had warned my friend, if you see this particular dog coming down, that's the owner's. Get out of the water, grab your stuff, run, you know, run, man. So sure enough, you see the dog. We couldn't get out of the water fast enough. Damn it. A cop comes walking down. Not only a cop, the chief of police <laughs> and another cop for two teenage kids swimming in some water. They pulled out two police cruisers. Now, in the government system, there's no incentive Imagine how much money is being wasted on us. How much money is being wasted on Sam right now? Uh, $80 a day. Okay. And then they've got all the people who they're paying to watch over Sam and the other people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so you've got a system, the court system, that requires all these filings for no reason whatsoever, all this ridiculous stuff, thousands of dollars wasted. And it doesn't go anywhere. Okay. Now, in a private system... If they're making mistakes like that, they've got incentives to cut those costs. Why have two police cars respond to some silly little thing where you can see it's just two kids in a quarry, you know? But instead, they do this because they try to show force, so they have an incentive to use up capital. They have an incentive to waste people's money because it makes them look more powerful. They right. not get strategic, more not surgical. Exactly. In Next a private year. system, it doesn't work that way. In a private system, you have a productivity curve and you're always trying to be more efficient. Poor Eric. We just yammered on throughout an entire oh, he's right, Yeah, that's right. He's right with <laughs> he's us. Still Eric. Here. <laughs> Eric. Well, I- I'd like to bring Mark's attention back to the book that he turned us all on to a few weeks ago by interviewing uh, Michael V. Williamson. Um, his first book, Freehold, um, if you'll recall, was about a planet which was basically our perfect libertarian society. I'll tell you what, Eric, I promise you we won't get bogged down in a free state project discussion when we come back. More with Eric, your calls as well. Anything goes. It's Free Talk Live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners at Alakees. You'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alekees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the wiki, the updates, the Shrine of Female listeners. Giving it all to you at freetalklive.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. All you have to do is go to our special link. It's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. So don't leave, don't leave that last part out. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That will get you your first audiobook free. 800-259-9231. We go back to Eric in Texas. Eric, go ahead with your thoughts, sir. Okay, so as I was saying, uh, Mark, I want you to remember back to the uh, the first uh, Michael G. Williamson book, Freehold. Uh, it's basically our perf- a whole planet that is our perfect libertarian society, basically. Um, and uh, it has almost no crime until Earth sends, us its dis- uh, sends them its dissidents. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, these people who have never seen a place like this, uh, they see that there's no cops, so they start, you know, trying to steal stuff and whatnot. And How they, does that work out you know, for them? It, not very well. Very poorly. <laughs> the, 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 the crime spree lasted about a week, and I think that's what would happen. I, I, you know, I mean, obviously it's just conjecture, but in a in a society where you know, 75 to 100 percent of the citizenry is armed. You know, you're not going to see theft. You might see the occasional murder, but uh, that would probably be about it. Those weren't uh, my complaints with Ian uh, specifically during that conversation. I, I I know that something would spring up in the absence of police. I mean, people do want protection, and in a private you know in a private setting, they would certainly get people to protect them privately. That makes perfectly good sense. My my uh, you know it was it was uh, just specifically to what we were talking about about uh, you know he was saying that uh, uh, you know s- some private protection agency would be incentivized and certainly would help in in a particular situation and I you know said no that not much isn't true secondly um, my other problem with it all is is that uh, you know in this free market world there wouldn't be something like bankruptcy so therefore you'd have indentured servitude and uh, I think that there might be a there, there, there seems like a good chance that uh, the world could return to few people owning everything and the rest of us working as their servants. And just a point, Eric uh, and, and Mark, um, we know that in our contemporary world, we still have the vestiges of something that has been around for hundreds of years, uh, those being, of course, the social groups, the uh, community groups, the Odd Fellows, the Rotary, Lions Club, all these different groups. Uh, those groups you can look at as being uh, analogous to what would happen if you had private police protection forces. Uh, Because communities of people who were working within private police protection forces wanted to foster good relationships with other people from other communities, uh, they would they would all start to look towards, well, you know, we potentially could run into some problems uh, down the line. Maybe we wouldn't be able to afford something, some a natural disaster or so on and so forth. Similar, similar to the way that these um, these community groups started up. 
uh, when some someone had a fire at his place and uh, Joe and Bob and Bill and all his neighbors got together, they pitched in and helped him rebuild the barn. Uh, it's the same sort of thing here. You would find, I believe, you would find a positive dynamic occurring with a positive feedback loop where uh, people who were hiring their private police protection forces would would write into them some sort of insurance clause to say, to a certain point, please help X or Y or so or Z neighborhood, and the other neighborhoods would join in as well with provisions because they know that it would foster good relationships with their neighbors. In the fire department, we call it mutual aid. It's a system where uh, yeah. you know the, we send fire if, in a big in the case of a big fire, the you know fire engines from our town will go to another town. Yeah, yeah. The trick is that you have to make sure that uh, those agencies that are getting paid don't try to form governments so that they can get automatically paid. Like we used to have a volunteer fire department. It's not volunteer anymore in my town. Now it's a union. Well, there you go. Now we're stuck and we have to pay for it. Uh, so, so there's it's a, it's it's very tricky. You have to make sure that you keep everything private. And I think there are incentives, just like insurance companies. Uh, people go to insurance companies to try to make sure there'll be a hedge against a future liability. I think towns, uh, uh, private private uh, associations, uh, would do the same thing with their neighbors, and and they would foster good relationships with them. Eric, any other thoughts? No, thank you for holding me through two breaks. That was a great conversation, guys. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. All right, Mark, you said something there that I thought was pretty outrageous, and Gardner didn't call you on it. Uh, so I'd much rather hear from Gardner, just so you know. I, yeah, I would, too, because... Uh, I want to foster getting, good relations with him, but hit me. I don't know if you had uh, ever said something like this before, but... Wow, let me see if I understood you correctly first before I go on. Okay. Uh, you said that in a free market world, a free market protection and free market everything, that because there's no bankruptcy that that would lead to everything being owned by a few people and everybody else working for them? Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about that. I'm okay. concerned that people get to use, uh, you know, for instance, uh, ship captains, uh, like the guy who ran the uh, the big ship into the uh, the Skyway uh, bridge. Do you remember? That was probably about the time yeah, you were sure. born. Um, no, no, I recall something like that. Accidents, ha- accidents happen, and when dealing with big things, mm-hmm. big accidents happen. Sometimes... Okay. People don't have insurance, especially in a free market world where there is no mandate to have insurance. Mm-hmm. Even today, in a uh, you know non-free market, people are required to have insurance, and some of them don't. So right. what you're going to have is a certain amount of the population, call it uh, three, five percent, or something like that, mm-hmm. that gets progressively swept, uh, you know, swept up because they, uh, they they end up being indentured servants because they're ruled against by some arbiter that says, well, you just caused uh, $50,000 worth of damage, and uh, you'll have to pay that. And you don't have any insurance, so you're going to have to pay now. And they would have to figure out some way. Likely agencies would spring up that would say, we will, we will pay that debt for you. All you have to do is work for us for X number of years uh-huh. and, uh, sifting through garbage or whatever it is, and we'll, we'll, we'll house so you, you there. So you believe that people will not learn from their mistakes – and that they will continue operating their lives without uh, the proper insurance. Do you in see place? evidence that some people do not learn from their I mistakes? I think that if you allow people to have mistakes and feel the consequences from those mistakes, that yes, people will learn from their mistakes. It's, it's part of human nature. And, and Ian, if I can just jump in, there are a couple couple points uh, that uh, upon which you're, you're hinging your argument, Mark, that I, I don't think this fulcrum really works. First, you said that these people would be members of private adjudication agencies. If they're members of private adjudication agencies, as Ian indicates uh, people would have incentives through the learning process, watching their mistakes, watching other people's mistakes. They would be disinclined to deal with people unless they had insurance or, or through adjudication they were signed on to something, some charitable organization that stepped in to say, okay, we're going to have you participate in this. Uh, the, the key thing here 
uh, in my but they can opinion, still drive cars, and those cars well, can still cause even, a great deal of damage. Today, they they run example, into buildings, they see, hit other cars. See, but this is the thing. The, the question is not whether you're going to eliminate any possibility of this sort of thing happening. Because there, even in a free market system, there will be a very small percentage of mistakes that are made by people during the learning process. People will be able to learn more quickly. It's a better dynamic than government. But, for example, here in New Hampshire, uh, I happen to know someone who had her car hit. She didn't have insurance. The woman who hit her didn't have insurance. Bummer. This girl's car is totaled. She can't get another car. She still owes $8,000 on the car. Ugh. She can't pay it off, and she's, she's going to have a difficult time going through the court system to get any money from this woman. Now, you could say, hey, it would be just as bad in a private system. Well, Where in, is she going to get the a, money? In a, in a private system, um, they, she could go through the court system probably quite quickly because you know the private system would work significantly better. Right. Um, one of the reasons she doesn't go now is because the, the court would put a you know some kind of ruling on, and the woman would would be supposed to pay, but wouldn't have to, and then really nothing would happen to the woman as a result right. of her getting this uh, this adjudication against her. Whereas in the um, you know in a private system, this woman would have to pay, and well, so therefore you know I'm, I can see that woman in some way becoming an indentured servant rather quickly. So you're so arguing it, for irresponsibility, right, Mark? You're arguing I'm, that people should be able to just go and magically wipe out all their debts with this magical government bankruptcy. I'm not uh, saying thing? it's a good thing. I'm saying that there's like a cushion for mistakes. No. Is it no, no. not too bad of a thing? Yeah, it's, I, I completely disagree. It's it just vehemently disagree. Uh, bankruptcy allows people to defraud the people they owe, and, and it, and it yeah, brings I'm in shocked. a third well, party. I'm shocked that you're even Remember, making this Remember, it argument. has come up in, in a world, uh, the people that get defrauded are generally the banks that are um, you know, member <laughs> banks of a Federal Reserve system, which has defrauded those people in the first place. <laughs> Nonetheless, though, Mark, Quick you defense, are arguing. We, should, we need to talk about it more. More coming up. Yeah, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and uh, expose new people to the ideas of freedom and liberty. In fact, I heard today I uh, got a verbal agreement from a station in Illinois, so our very first Illinois station will be coming right. out. That would be cool. That so, would be great. I can't say anything more than that, but that's... I don't even know about it. Yeah, that's all I've got at the moment. Uh, well, not all I've got. We've also got uh, the Toledo station coming back this you weekend. You can't say what town in Illinois it's in? Mm, that would give away the station, most likely. Is it that small? It's not a huge, not a huge metro. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's not Chicago. Uh, anyway, eight hundred. <laughs> that would be really, really great. Yeah. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. All right. So all Mark, of you in uh, Chicago, please call the local uh, <laughs> talk stations and talk to them about carrying Free Talk Live. Believe me, listener. Uh, you know, uh, call anywhere citizen you are. Response to uh, to the stations goes a long way. I worked at a station. We got very little of that. Call anywhere you are, not if you're just in Chicago. Wherever you are, if Free Talk Live isn't on the air, do your uh, station a favor. Call them up and tell them what you want to hear. In fact, I had somebody email me today saying he got an Arbitron diary in Gainesville, and we're not on in Gainesville. So I was thinking maybe he should call and tell the program director, hey, you know, I would be writing your station in here, but Can't do you it. don't have Free Talk Live. You guys have expanded so well, and, and you do such a great job at promoting the show uh, online and you know going out to the meetings and getting in the magazines. And 
there's definitely a buzz about you, and I think you know part of it is Us, your personality. You're the one with fourteen. What was it? Fourteen thousand subscribers yeah. wow. now, Gardner. Oh, that was crazy. I, I was actually listening to uh, Free Minds Radio this weekend, and we'll get back yeah. to jumping down Mark's throat here in a moment. Uh, <laughs> but I was listening to Free Minds Radio over the weekend as they broadcast live from the Free Talk Live studios on Sundays from three to five o'clock in the afternoon. So if you're tuned to the Free Talk Live or Liberty Radio Network streams, you can hear them broadcasting, which is mm-hmm. gro- which is cool. So I was listening in as they were reading because I sponsor their show, and yeah. so. Um, yeah. So they were reading an ad for Free Talk Live, and in my copies, it says we're the number one Liberty show, and I thought, oh, man, I might have to get them to change that copy now. <laughs> I mean, like, well, if, you, a, if you can put a little asterisk next to it, you know how in the print ads you get the little right. asterisk next to things, and you can go and read the, the, the fine print. I mean, the fine print might say that, well, we're still the number one Liberty radio show, but Gardner Goldsmith is definitely, as, as far as I can tell, the number one uh, Liberty show on the Internet. Likely in downloads, however he doesn't uh, manage to pull it off at uh, Podcast Alley every month. If he That's tried, a, he'd yeah, take it away from us. I'm talking downloads. Downloads yeah. is what I'm talking sure, about. Sure. Okay. If, he, Although, if he tried, he'd take it away from us, but... Uh you know he's not trying. So. Although I don't have Mole News numbers, and I believe he's pretty big too. Yeah, he's he's oh, big. Stefan, man. And and this is you know um, I think that uh, Gardner's show is 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 perfect for the medium of podcast. Uh, you know we're a, more of a radio show. He he doesn't have to do those uh, you know uh, you know reenters and uh, what do they call that recapping Rejoins, and all that other stuff. Recaps, yeah. Oh yes, here's what we're talking about, so on and so forth. And uh, you know his his topics uh, have a tendency to be a bit more obscure, like. You know, classic punk rock music that he really enjoys, and uh, uh, the prisoner with, with the Rin and Stimpy. What is that? What is that uh, thing that oh, you like on Home uh, Star Runner? Home Star Runner, and he <laughs> loves to talk about these things. He loves to talk about those things, and that's perfect for his podcast. Well, so. I, I have to tell you guys, you know, part of a, as as you guys know, and as as uh, some of the listeners know, you know, I was doing a radio show here. It was extremely restrictive. It was very difficult because I was going into an environment. Where uh, at first I had been working with some people that I enjoyed working with, uh, producers, but the the final producer with whom I was working, it was just like getting your teeth pulled every time you walked in there. You were just cringing having to deal with this guy. And uh, if uh, you know the folks at Sacred CAI are listening right now, they know exactly about this because I talk about this all the time with Jason Osborne. And uh, so it, it was. In in having them stop the radio show, it was it was a blessing to sure. hear from so many people to say, hey, keep going with the podcast. Yeah. And now it's just almost unbelievable that Thank we have this you many did. people. Yeah, it's really amazing. So yeah. libertyconspiracy.com is Gardner's website. That's the place to find his podcast. That's libertyconspiracy.com. Now then, Mark, back to your encouragement of irresponsibility, which I find just shocking, stunning. I thought that you were... Uh, at least somebody that understood the you know the, the free marketplace, but here you are making the same old statist points about how it is that people need a, a, a safety net. They need to be taken care of. We need bankruptcy, so people that make poor decisions and choices should be able to be rescued by those who are more responsible. And I understand you made the point about well, the banks are issuing fiat money, and so who cares if they get screwed? And I'm with you. I, I can I can understand that point, but that doesn't uh, that doesn't validate. Your position that there should be some kind of bankruptcy thing in the existent or in the free market situation in a marketplace, people would know that they would be taking a big risk by driving around without insurance. They would understand that there is no bankruptcy, and you right. know if it happened to mom or dad or one of their friends, they'd learn real quick that the very small amount of money they'd have to pay for the insurance policy would be well worth it if that would save them from a, a life in uh, you know some sort of uh, camp. Or, or you know, it wouldn't necessarily be that. I mean, it, depending on how likely the person is to renege on their agreements, there would be different differing levels of how they could pay back whatever it was that the, that they owed. But of course. 
course, being having that insurance policy would make it so by right of subrogation, the, the insurance company would pay back whatever that was owed because of the accident, and then um, and then they be... go after it like a pit bull. You can believe that. Um, yeah. And you know, I understand where you're coming from. I'm all for personal responsibility. You know, I am. It didn't sound like it. Well, um, it, it that that's not true. Okay, explain so yourself. What's that? Go ahead and explain yourself. Uh, well, I'm I'm watching a series called Rome right now, and I see uh, slaves, and these people were owned. However, they could buy their freedom away from their masters, and and I think, and I'm concerned that you would see a um, situation where you know the rich might uh, be able to use the the system legitimately against the poor, and you'd see a, a larger and growing number of those people until you really had two classes where one class owned the other class. Well, you, you have a key point in there called legitimately. And uh, that's that's a very heavy term. The, the the question is, who determines what is legitimate? And if, if for example, uh, if you've got a system whereby you have the ability of those who are being careful and are protecting themselves to exclude those people who are not being careful and not protecting themselves, you reduce the uh, chances that um, those people who would put the others at risk will cause them damage. Uh, that would be a strong incentive for people. Now, the next step in the thought process on the other side, people would say, well, wouldn't that mean you'd get a multi-tiered society where um, some people have everything and other people don't? Well, there there are always going to be some people who have more than others, and there are always going to be some people who are uh, wiser and more protective of what they want than others. Uh, the question is, what allows people better to move and ethically where is the system uh where where does the system best closely approximate what is moral and what is moral is not having some outside arbitrary body determine well your debts will be forgiven up to a certain point mm-hmm. because we have the power um you see the the argument that you're making mark already assumes the that there are going to be these 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 slave owners, these Roman well, there will slave be. owners in the form of the state. <laughs> I, well, well, See, that's uh, what you're right. Currently, we're all incentive, but the marketplace but, but wait, 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 I get it. I, you, you can repeat what Gardner said in a minute. Um, the what my concern here is is that um, you're you're going to have a system maybe that's more moral that doesn't work and then there and then disappear. See, but I think I think oh sorry, Ian, what I don't doesn't want to jump work. In. It would work better because what you've got is you would have an incentive for people to protect themselves right. excluding the th- the threats and also those people who might be the threats would you you could potentially have some people would say, "You know, I want to get out of this system. This is ridiculous. I am going to save up and try to join that other system. I am going to make sure that I present myself as a non-threat to those people so I can be part of this more productive, better group of people over here who are doing better in their lives." So it it incentivizes even those people who have been risky because they'll be excluded from this this more utopian type of a situation, this this better situation. Here we don't have that. There's really no incentive for that because the government steps in and says, oh, well, you'll be forgiven of this X amount of debt. Right. The free market encourages people to embrace responsibility while the government system that uh, essentially takes responsibility out of people's hands and says, oh, no, we'll take care of those responsibilities for you. It encourages uh, people to be irresponsible. And so I think that you would have more people stepping out, as Gardner is saying, stepping out of your responsibility and embracing responsibility because the benefits would be very obvious to them as far as, hmm, do I want to be in 
indentured to somebody at some point in my life. No, I'm not going to take that risk. I'm going to go. I'm not going to do what my father did. I'm going to go and do the right thing, and I'm going to get myself protected. And I think that would move society to a much larger uh, state of responsibility. And imagine how much greater the society would be as far as productivity and things like that if we actually had people taking responsibility for their lives. And that's what the marketplace encourages. And to suggest that the free market would result in responsibility would result in uh, the few owning the many. That's ludicrous, and that's what we have today anyway. We're all owned by the elites. I mean, they own us lock, stock, and barrel. It's just that we get to walk around and do some things on, on our own volition. But they own the money that we earn, and they even own the property that we think that we own. So I'm not sure how it could be much worse. More coming up, 800-259-9231. Hour 2 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231 as we are launching into hour number two. It's Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We continue by taking your phone calls about whatever you want. And we'll start by talking to Dan, listening in Texas. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? The FCC. (laughs) (laughs) Your favorite. Um, uh, I'm a a few podcasts behind, but I know last week you were talking about one of the latest uh, FCC rulings uh, regarding expletives. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, that episode, you all went um, extra time for the uh, online listeners. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. Now, I wasn't at the house at the time, but did that go out over the Liberty Radio Network? Uh, Yes, it did. Okay, well, I have some bad news then. Um, I uh, broadcast those. <laughs> ah, good for you. Well, I've got uh, news for you. Uh, if you are a if you are broadcasting the Liberty Radio Network audio at libertyradionetwork.com, then there's a very good chance you're broadcasting expletives on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, because right. the Liberty Radio Network programming is exclusively, almost exclusively, podcast based. I mean, with the exception of Free Talk Live as it's live and Free Minds Radio, which are both radio talk shows first and foremost. Uh, everything else that's on that network comes, well, Brian Wilson is also radio, but uh, everything else that's on that network is coming from various different internet sources and so could have all kinds of uh, profanities. But then again, you're running a pirate radio station, so I don't think you're you're too concerned about that, are you? No, and I wanted to say I just recently went, uh, in the last about week and a half or so, I went 24-7 with the Liberty Radio Network. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Wow, It's on all the time. Now, I do have a few hiccups now and then because I am rural, and uh, getting reliable high-speed internet connection is a challenge. But it is improving, and it's it's up probably a good eighty-five to ninety percent of the time. That's fantastic. If you weren't, and I've real... even had some I've even had some feedback on a couple people around town that have caught it. They don't know it's me, but really, what have they been saying? Just that they had caught the station, that they were uh, it was interesting and not like anything else they've heard, and hmm. awesome. they are interesting in continuing to listen to it. So obviously, it's having some kind of good effect. Wow. Well, now, that is fantastic. Springing I, I, from your fertile mind, Ian. Well done, man. Well, you know, I, I've always been a fan of pirate radio from uh, since being a teenager. I mean, I've been into radio my whole life, uh, and then I got into pirate radio as uh, as a teenager, and I, 
I realized that, uh, that at that time I was uh, not a principled individual as I am uh, today as far as loving freedom and all that, but I, I did want to be free to, to broadcast at that time. And uh, I thought that the best way to go about doing it would be to actually get into the business and learn the business from the inside out. And now I've uh, now I have had the ability of being able to leverage Free Talk Live, this uh, entity that I've created, to sort of spawn off uh, more pirate stations than I ever could possibly have uh, done on my own. I mean, if I had just flipped on a transmitter all by myself, uh, that that would only have been worth a very small amount of air, a very small area but if if people are popping up around the country or around the world putting my content on their stations then uh, you know that's that's even better as, it as sure far as is. I'm concerned and, uh, and hey, it, while, it is very cheap these days. And while we have you here uh you know one of the things about the FCC that uh that really ticks me off is that <laughs> I think this is a great way that you can see. You know, we were talking about Sam's Sam's supposed right to be able to be a journalist and and cover things uh, being yeah. being suppressed by the regulatory needs of a functional government court system. And supposedly, rights are supposed to be un, unassailable. And yet, right. when the government takes over this purview, then they assail them. And they, well, we can't make this workable. It's the same thing when the government takes over the airwaves. They will not allow it to be workable. They take over the airwaves with a completely bogus rationale of, of scarcity and that it yeah. crosses state borders. I mean, totally, totally ridiculous. And anybody who uses logic can rip those things apart at, in, in an instant. And yet, what do they do? They They confine and narrow down what can be said. And the, the big argument here is, and this will go into a constitutional argument, and even though I, I, I'm not a, a constitutionalist per se, I would like to go beyond the Constitution to a free market society. But if we're going to argue on the Constitution within the Supreme Court, those bozos down there don't even read what it actually says, which it says, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. And I've mentioned this on the show here before. There were state speech codes on the books all over the place. There were state religious-sponsored schools all over the place up until the mid-1800s. Mm-hmm. And so what they do now is they use this term called community standards when yes. they have a Supreme Court ruling. And the Supreme Whatever Court that and the FCC... Yeah, and the funny thing is it's this sort of bone that they throw to the actual literal wording of the Constitution, which is that the communities were supposed to be able to come up with their own standards of what was acceptable in the community. The Founding Fathers weren't ready and willing to go free market all the way, so they had competing communities, and if you didn't like it, you could move someplace else. It or get stoned or put in the stocks. It wasn't the best situ- situation, but it was better than having one or uh, you know all-powerful entity telling people what could be said. At least if you didn't like it, you could go away. Now we have the all-powerful entity telling you what can be said, except they call it community standards. Guess who decides what the community standards are? The Supreme Court and the FCC. As though they know. Right. It's, it's not the community. Ridiculous. It's not the community of listeners. It's yeah. not the. It's, there, there is no real way to define what those community standards are because what community are you That's talking about? Yeah. Are you talking about the people, the community of people that own radios? Are we talking about the community of people that are listening to the radio station? Are we talking about the community of people as a whole within a certain geographic area? Are we right. talking about the community of a certain demographic? When, when 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 our show goes on the air, it's not just the community of the radio stations that it plays on. It's the community of the internet listeners. The community of the podcasters, all those people, I can tell you, would not be offended by certain language. So, you know, which community are we talking about? And right. Is it a fifty-one percent of the people in the community make that decision? And no, if it's so, never that. And if so, right, like nonsense. Um, and if so, what about the forty-nine percent? Do they not get to hear what they want to hear? Apparently not. 
So, Dan, you should be congratulated for your courage in operating a, uh, a pirate slash community radio station. What do you prefer to call it, community radio or pirate radio? Oh, fans of pirate is so much more fun. Yeah, it is. It's definitely more. Uh, it's met more edgy <laughs> that way. But, uh, but I wanted to say that it is very inexpensive and very simple these days. I mean, I spent like 160 bucks on eBay, and I got a 20 milliwatt or 20, 20 watt. watt. Um, you know, transmitter that reaches my little town. So I mean, anyone can do it. Now, what kind of antenna you did you did you put up like a, an antenna on a mast, or is it like just an antenna sitting up in your attic or something like that? It's the cheapie that came with it, and I want to upgrade soon, but it's fine for now. But I, I have it on a PVC mast, um, hmm. hidden up in a tree. You know, you can't see it from the from the road or anything. And um, but yeah, and with the uh, Liberty Radio Network, it 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 really made it really easy. To, to program this thing. All i got to do is just turn the computer on, and it's done. I don't got to think about it. I don't got to worry about, you know, scheduling anything. It's just done. So that made my life really easy. Well, the Liberty Radio Network was set up for people outside of the United States because we would never advocate <laughs> on this show uh, people inside the United States uh, setting up sure. pirate broadcasts. However, we can't uh, advocate that. No, we we do not advocate that because we have uh, well, radio stations uh, that that uh, uh, wait a minute, wait, 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 may or may not. Now, uh, hold on a second. I'm not advocating anybody compete with our affiliates with our existing affiliates. I, I think that would be of in poor taste. Uh, but I and think not, if, and I, there's none around here. Right, exactly. If you're in an area wherein there is no Free Talk Live affiliate and the local radio stations are not sounding like they're interested in adding the show, then take matters into your own hands. I don't see what the problem with that is. Is that is there something wrong with, with suggesting that? Well, there's wrong in the eyes of the FCC, and they can yeah. bust in here with uh, you can know, they? The, the, the four guys that they have that are armed. Do, I don't think yeah, they Yeah, but do y'all, that. Don't, y'all don't maintain an FCC license, so they don't really have anything to do with you. That's they true, do have armed don't. men at the FCC. Oh, that's true. That's true. All right. Anyway. Hey, Dan, so thanks for the call tonight, dude, and keep up the good work out there. 800-259-9231. In fact, we've got a forum over on the Free Talk Live BBS that's dedicated to getting you information about how to go about doing something like this. Now, you could go legal. You could go the legal I'm all route. for that. Yeah, yeah, if you're scared of the FCC, you can do that. They uh, have uh, Part 15s out there. That, right. uh, um, it's pretty much AM only, though. Operating a Part 15 they do FM on the F- is They do on the FM, joke. but you have to basically uh, you know, logarithmically figure out how, uh, you know, what your you know, area is, and that doesn't really you're work out. You're not going to get anywhere on Part 15 FM, but if you do Part 15 AM, you can do a tenth of a watt, and you can set up as many tenth of a watt transmitters as you want to. So if you had a whole bunch of friends around town, you can set up a bunch of little transmitters and synchronize them. And you could do that probably for less than the cost of an application fee for the FCC's broadcast there's application. A, there's one in uh, Georgia near Atlanta that has done that as well. Yes. So that's a possibility. It's viable. Uh, I, I figured just go get yourself a real transmitter and operate that. But anyway, that's the way I would do it. 800-259-9231 because I don't think the FCC's ever come up against a pirate station operated by a real liberty-loving individual. Uh-huh. It would be interesting. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Card. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. By the way, those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, even a webcam. All free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's Listen. .freetalklive.com. We go to Brad, I believe Brad Jardis, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. He's in New Hampshire. He is uh, one of the few and the proud of uh, those law enforcement officers who have the courage to join Law Enforcement Against Prohibition while they're still an active duty officer. Is this Brad Jardis? 
I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, dude? It's been a while since we've heard from you on the show. Yeah, I haven't called in in, uh, in a little while. Um, I just finished a presentation at a Kiwani club in uh, Hudson, New Hampshire, and uh, I just uh, just drove home to Hooksit, where I live. What, what's a Kiwani club? Is it like a Kiwanis club? Or is yeah, yeah. yeah is it the same or is it different? Oh, okay. No, it's the same thing. Um, oh, okay, got it. it. It's just, it's very hard, and I, I basically got eaten alive uh, really? by, some, by some of the old folks that are there. It's very hard to... Uh, to convince, or as they say, teach an, uh, teach an old dog new tricks. Well, the good yes, thing is. is the old dogs will die soon. <laughs> I'm sorry to be so callous, but, you know, uh, I, I would love to see these folks come around. I really would. In their lifetime, I would love to see them come around to the ideas of freedom, or at least in this case, just to the idea of ending prohibition, because it's their grandchildren and their children that are, uh, that are getting arrested to feed the system. I would love for them to come to those conclusions. They but deserve it. Right, but if they want to just keep on being obstinate about it, then uh, good riddance to you. But, you know, it, what I was noticing tonight as I was talking to these people is that they don't even listen. Uh, some of them really? were just sitting there, some of them were just sitting there no, shaking their head no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, when the president um, announced who I was and what I was going to be speaking about, and there was an old gentleman who said, well, I'm against that. <laughs> um, and, I, and I said to him, I said, that's, that's nice. You know, at least I'm not going to be preaching to the choir. And, um, you know, I, I did have a, a, a good, healthy argument with him. Um, but it was basically 20 minutes of people just, just touting the old line. And it's, it's, it's disheartening, and, it, and it's hard to do, but I'm hoping that I planted a small seed of, of knowledge in one of them, and hopefully they'll come, uh, you know, they'll about it and check out uh, the website. So was it where you gave... So you leap.cc leap law enforcement against prohibition leap.cc yeah. go there if you know a law enforcement officer as a friend or a loved one uh, send them to this website you owe it to them to uh, to help expand their paradigm and or shift their paradigm but so basically you went into this Kiwani club meeting and you uh, gave a speech and then it was a question and answer session or how was the f- structure Yeah that's what it was it was about 20 minutes long and uh, it was um, I I've never been to one of their meetings before. It's kind of, uh, uh, they kind of have a, a condensed schedule and they go very quickly. And um, so they, uh, I was able to get 20 minutes to go in and speak to them. It's, it's basically a bunch of people who care about their community and want to... Uh, want know, to control want to it. Want to control well. everyone within it. <laughs> uh, now, wait, aren't these folks old enough to remember prohibition, some yeah. of them? <laughs> some of them Alcohol are, prohibition? I mean, what are... It just—it's just mind-boggling to me that the, that these people couldn't get it. Now, point of clarification, Brad, were you talking about marijuana or were you talking about ending prohibition today? Oh God, I—we—the goal of Leap uh, is not to end marijuana prohibition. I mean, that would be a nice start. Um, but yeah. you know, our our goal is to end every prohibition having to do with drugs, so that they can be Great. safer in our communities can be safer so that's what you're doing as a a law enforcement against prohibition speaker you're going out speaking against prohibition period because sometimes when we see you in public you're at a marijuana hearing in that case you are specifically talking on marijuana if it's if that's the issue that's that's coming up but generally when you're speaking to groups you're covering prohibition uh period right yeah um i wanted to bring something up um that maybe some of your callers could could give their opinions on if 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 they have time um, I recently wrote an op-ed and submitted it to a bunch of newspapers here in the state. And since that, since that was run, um, I've had some problems with uh, with some people in law enforcement. Um, there are some people who um, 
um, who work for uh, the state police that I've known for quite a long time, and I, I saw some of them the other day, and now they won't even speak speak to me. Wow. And it, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate um, because what I'm doing uh, is simply because, you know, I care about the community and I care about what I do and I care about people being safe and I care about people who are sick. And, you know, we're trying very hard to legalize medicinal marijuana up here, and it's, it's just amazing. And, and it's no wonder, you know, that, that cops are afraid to, 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 to speak about these things because it's just so hostile. And it's unfortunate that people can't, people can't take a step back and say, you know, what if it was me? What, how would I want to be treated? Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a difficult situation to be in. And I'm doing my very best with it. And well, just, you know, you know. I, I'd like to make the point that uh, your friends uh, there in the state police likely knew your stand and you were a member of the of Leap prior to this, and they'd speak to you and all that stuff. It's your success and with the uh, op-ed piece that got uh, you know so much great response there in uh, the union leader. It's now that you've been successful that mm-hmm. they don't like it. Is that well, the case? I, I certainly hope we're being successful. This particular measure um, that that um, uh, a, a Free State Project member, Matt Simon, has been working so hard on from New Hampshire Coalition for Common Sense, um, this measure is just to protect sick people. It's to take the sick people out of the equation. And, you know, I mean, the fact that anyone could say that someone with muscular dystrophy or multiple sclerosis, uh, that they can't use marijuana to ease their suffering, you know, that's just sick. I mean, it is. You know, and when I went to this hearing, uh, I testified, uh, I gave testimony about what would happen if someone in a wheelchair was to be arrested. Uh, you know, and I gave the details down to, you know, if they're put in a jail cell of the county department of corrections and they can't stand on their own and they have to use the toilet, you know, two correctional officers are going to pick them up and place them on the toilet. And, you know, this is humiliating. And this is all because they want to use a naturally growing plant to ease suffering. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, a major from the state police, actually, I think he's the executive major. He, he got up and he said, well, I don't know what that guy was talking about. We don't want any of these people to be criminals, you know, and it, it's like, it, it, <laughs> oh, it, it's either, God. it's either he's being extremely disingenuous or he's an idiot. Wait, well, we don't want any of these people to be criminals. I don't understand that statement. What, what well, do you mean by that? because, I, because I got up and testified that, Hey, I have to arrest these people unless you guys enact this law. And there was a lot of people there that were medical marijuana uh, users. And I said, we need to protect these people. And if you don't pass this bill, I'm going to have to arrest them and put them in jail. So this guy wasn't and, connecting the dots. He was just saying, well, we don't exactly. want them to be criminals. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's not the, these people in this room that we want to put it, put in jail, but we will. Exactly. The intentional <laughs> ignorance. And, you know, God. the greatest thing is, you know, Brad, you, you can make such a great, compelling case to people. And when you look at this issue, one of the things that gets me is philosophically, you often get, uh, in fact, I heard a little bit of this today on Glenn Beck's national show. He's been leaning more libertarian, more libertarian, and that's good, especially on, on banking issues. Uh, but he said today, you know, I'm, I'm not fully uh, interested in, in uh, decriminalizing things like pot. You know, that's a real left-wing issue, decriminalization oh, of pot. And I thought, well, you know, traditionally, I guess people see it as such, and, and maybe that is the case. And you think about it, if that is the case, and these law and order people at the club that you were at, these older people, typically maybe more conservative, 
Uh, can't they be reminded, at least of the constitutional side, if they are conservative, to say, this isn't a federal issue. This is not something they constitutionally that you conservatives Gardner, Gardner, can be. You, you, forget the drug, you forget the drug war exception to the Constitution. Yeah, see, <laughs> the exception of we want to do what we want to do. Hey, Brad, hang yeah, on. Yeah. We'll bring you back if you've got some time. We'll bring, uh, talk more branch artists sure. here in moments. 800-259-9231. He's facing some ostracism from the inside of the police departments, and it's a tough situation. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And the mighty. Okay, not somebody. Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including... The bulletin board system. Over 450,000 posts await you. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. All free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Join more than a half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark. It's empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. Use code F. TL to save $10 off your already low, low price at LegalZoom.com. As we continue, Brad Jardis is with us. He is one of the few active members of law enforcement against prohibition. Not uh, active in that the others aren't active in the uh, organization, but what I mean by that is active on-duty police officers that are members publicly of law enforcement against prohibition. Law enforcement against prohibition, a group that was founded by some law enforcement officers who had been inside the narcotic squads, who have been warriors in the war on drugs and then came to the conclusion the right conclusion that what they were doing wasn't doing a darn thing to actually help anybody uh, and in fact it was actually encouraging harder uh, drugs to to hit the streets harder more dangerous drugs and putting more people in jeopardy uh, so they realized that what they were doing was actually hurting the people that they had intended to help and they uh, they got out of it and they re- you know repented for what they had done and now that this is part of that repenting is uh, to uh, to do law enforcement against prohibition to go around the country speak at various different events and Brad you were calling tonight to share your experience of speaking to a Kiwani, as you pronounce it, Kiwanis Club event, uh, where there are a bunch of old people who did not seem to be very receptive to your message. And you were talking about how frustrating that has been for you and how uh, difficult it's been within your law enforcement community because it's a very close-knit, tight-knit community. From what I understand, my outsider observations, uh, the thin blue line does tend to keep its ranks fairly close to one another. um, And what they've been doing is ostracizing you. They've been cops that used to talk to you, won't talk to you anymore. And uh, it's not been easy for you, has it? No, no, not at all, and it's it's really unfortunate because um, some some of, um, of the specific people who um, are ostracizing me, you know, I've never done anything to them. I've never, you know, I'm not I'm not a guy who wants to hurt anybody or get anybody in trouble if they, you know, if they say the wrong thing to somebody. You know, it, 
I'm just out doing my political thing on my time off. And, you know, this is politics. That's what it is, you know, and educating. So what are some of the other things they've been doing? Just not talking to you? I mean, they, is there anything else that you can point out? Well, I've, I've, heard, um, I've heard through the grapevine, so to speak, um, that, you know, some d- disparaging things that have been said, um, you, you know, and I've, I've read some things that have been written um, about me that, that aren't very kind. But, you know, I, I, I sort of take a step back and, you know, and, and I say to myself that, you know, if I'm really having this effect on people, um, then perhaps, you know, uh, it's doing some good. And, and if not, you know, these, these, type of peop- these type of persons aren't the people I really want to be friends with anyway. You Absolutely. Know I mean? That's the right yeah. perspective. I mean, there are plenty of people out there, as you know, the, the liberty activists here in New Hampshire, because that's where you're based is here in New Hampshire, are more than happy to, uh, you know, to certainly provide you with company and uh, friendship. But, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've got various levels of interactions with various different liberty activists. And I can tell you that these are some of the best friends uh, that I've ever had in my life. In fact, I consider oh, I consider these people my family. My, I consider them my chosen family because they're just well, that great. Pe- they're great people. And try not to look at it as uh, us and them, Brad. I mean, you know, uh, when if you if you leave the door open for friendship with these people. It's not like you came out of your mother's womb knowing that prohibition needed to stop. You, there was a moment in time when you came to that realization, and you sort of need to leave them the room to come to that realization to some extent. You know, I spoke with a, an officer who I know um, who teaches there, um, and he and he is very, uh, you know, he he's very uh, very unaccepting of of uh, my involvement with law enforcement against prohibition. And I spoke to him about how I viewed. Um, prevention very important and whereas you know i i didn't get into the specifics of why i do not support the dare program because i i don't think the dare program is effective and that's provable um on several different levels but yes. I, I spoke to him about the things we had in common and i told him i said listen i said prevention is very important i think it's important that we educate kids uh, about the dangers of use and abuse of drugs you know that's very important i think we need to do it properly but I think that where he and I, were, or excuse me, where he can't see where I'm coming from is the real world, the real world reality that kids are going to use drugs. And to try to explain to him that, you know, I mean, listen, prevention is very important. We should make sure that kids stay away from this dangerous stuff. But if they do use it, do we really want to label them as a criminal for the rest of their life? But we don't want them do- to use it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, yeah, and, and I mean, it's unfortunate that it's so hard to convey this because, you know, people think and people, if you read on like unionleader.com, some of the comments people have written about me that like, you know, oh, I must use drugs. I need to be drug tested. <laughs> oh, you do. So it, it's you very, drink. It's, it's very easy to, I'm actually drinking a Corona right now. Uh-oh. So uh, hey, that's illegal, drinking now. on the air, Brad. <laughs> for him, um, for, it's very not for easy him. to attack. It's very easy to attack the messenger when you can't form sure. a logical uh, attack on the message. Absolutely. And we see it all the time. I mean, when we call the, the local talk shows here in Keene, New Hampshire, and talk about liberty, uh, usually the status, all they have is ad hominem attacks, attacks against the man. Uh, they don't have any real refutation to what it is that we're saying. It's just uh, anger and resentment. And, you know, you're right, Brad. I mean, you are obviously having an effect, uh, or at least rather these people are allowing themselves to be affected uh, by, what, by what it is you're saying. And I agree with what Mark was suggesting 
earlier, and that is that you know, uh, be the better man in this in this particular case. Uh, don't don't argue with them. Uh, persuade instead of argue, and uh, and be and nice largely, about it. That's what he does. I yes, mean, and be you know, you know be nice about your approach, and and always be friendly in your discussions, even as they are getting animated and upset. Uh, I say always remain positive and have a you know smile, and of course that's going to grade at them even more. But that's their problem, you know. It, it really yeah. does. It really does bother me, Brad, that uh, you do receive this sort of ostracism. I mean, that that is. He's on the leading edge, though, so it's, it's to be yeah. expected. It's true, absolutely. Uh, but true. you know, I mean, it, it it's it's difficult to deal with. And you know, I hear you saying these things, and I know you personally, and I know what a good guy you are, and I know that you know you're trying to do the right thing. And it's very strange because you have other guys that think they're doing the right thing. And they just can't see with clarity the immorality of they the don't want law. to. They don't want to see no. that what they have been doing and continue to do uh, is is wrong, and that they yeah. they've been wrong. Who wants I, to I, see I, that? Who I, wants I, to admit I hate that? that sort of feeling. I hate that feeling. I hate it. I, I said I said to one of my supervisors um, not long ago. I said to him, um, I said, "Do you think I'm a fairly intelligent individual?" And he goes, "Yeah, absolutely, absolutely." I said, "So, isn't it possible that?" Some of these things that I'm saying about drugs might be true, <laughs> and, he, and he's like, "Oh no, no, I don't know." <laughs> but Ian, I, I would say, Ian, that in listening to the, the you describe the relationship with your mother, that you know the uncomfortableness of bringing up p- politics or your your worldview on how um, you know that society should be. The the tension there, I would say, is probably very similar to what I have to deal with. So I, yeah, but I my mom's bring... not packing heat and uh, you know Billy Club and, so. and paying you. Yeah. I, I think that I think that some in my profession just don't know what to make of me, and and I know a lot of uh, a lot of people, um, particularly in the liberty movement, would would certainly um, think less of me uh, or think that it's immoral of me to enforce some of these laws that I do, and you know I completely agree that they're bad laws. Uh, I. I I love my job. I love being able to help people, and I, and, and I think that I really make a difference when I'm able to go out and investigate crimes that have victims. Um, I just think that, you know, this is so important that I need to be where I am and do what I do. And you Right. Know, could, well, start. could you imagine, and I'm going to bring you back, Brad. Hang on if you've got the time. Do you? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Imagine uh, going back. Imagine Brad going back and, you know, turning back into a statist cop who uh, completely embraces prohibition again. Imagine what that would be like. More coming up. It's not even possible, is it? The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. That's 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it is Ian... And Gar. And Mark. And you can join us on the phones, or you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. Ours is free at freetalklive.com. Now, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote the show at promote.freetalklive.com. All kinds of ways to get Free Talk Live into more people's ears around the world. That's promote.freetalklive.com. As we go to Brad Jardis, back on the line with us, law enforcement against prohibition speaker, active duty police officer, and a real, I believe, a real heroic dude. Uh, Because you've got to be a courageous individual to stand up for your belief that prohibition needs to end in a time when most of the people that you work with in law enforcement, at least to your face, 
are not saying very nice things to you about it. Now, there are some of them that are silent supporters, like they might have told you privately that they agree with you, but they're not about to tell the chief of police that, right, Brad? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's certainly the case. Um, generally, uh, it seems like people from our generation, um, um, I, I say our generation, I'm 28, I think you are also, right, Ian? I am, actually, yeah. Um, people from our generation are a lot more, um, you know, getting the message through is a lot easier, and it's a lot easier to uh, to speak to new officers that come on, um, and I try to do that as best as I can. Um, I would love to uh, teach at the police academy, but Lord knows they'd never let me. Um, <laughs> well, that's because you, to... you've been, uh, have you been feeling a lot of, not just ostracism from the, uh, the your co-officers, or fellow officers, but also have they been politically harming you in that they've been kind of playing games with your hours or? Oh, no, 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 not at all. Um, I, I've said before when I've called in, I work for a police chief who's just a, an amazing guy, and I respect him. He's just a really, really, the best way to put it is that he's a good person. And he's told me before that he disagrees very much with what I'm doing, um, but the man respects my uh, my right to go out and speak. And you know, there's a lot of uh, law enforcement officers that wouldn't be so lucky as I am. So, you know, you know I mean, although that's the way things should be, um, the, the fact is people who, you know, in large part, people who work in law enforcement uh, typically don't <laughs> treat those who, who speak out against something they do very kindly. So I'm very fortunate. And where I work, I do work with a, with a, a very large group of, of good guys, um, you know, even the ones that um, that disagree with me very much on this issue they still are very good guys and when it comes to doing our job and going out and and uh you know they're very professional with me so i'm very fortunate in that regard it's been my experience um, we had a couple of the police lieutenants from the Keene area come out to one of our social events up here in new hampshire uh, a couple weeks back and had some nice conversations with them and i you know i generally agree with what you're saying that a lot of these guys did get into policing to uh, to help do the right what they perceived of as the right thing and, and help people and as you're saying that's your favorite part of the job is when you actually do get to help people but it's when they're helping people who are peaceful into jail cells that they're not doing good even if they believe themselves to be good people they are doing harm to others at that time and that's what we need to get them to see and understand it's not going to be an easy process as you're finding out but i'm glad that you have the dedication to this message brad and that it's taking to weather through some of this uh, well ostracism that you're receiving from your coworkers because it's not an easy situation. But can you imagine what it would be like just for a moment? I mean, I don't know if you've even ever considered it because it just seems so silly. But imagine just getting so much ostracism that you decide to throw in the towel that uh, that Brad Jardis decides to resign from law enforcement against prohibition, and you decide to go back to uh, you know to at least professing whether you believe it in reality or not, but to at least begin professing support for prohibition again, and to you know reverse your path and uh, and start a you know putting your tail between your legs, apologizing to uh, your coworkers, and you know trying to show them how you're a prohibitionist again, yeah, and uh, you know then how would they treat you? What would their response be? I mean, would they welcome you back? Would they still uh, treat you? Would they, would they treat you with suspicion? I don't know. But just trying to even imagine going back from a principled position of of uh, supporting liberty, it's just it, I don't see how it's possible. Could you possibly even live with yourself if you did something like that? 
A big problem that I see with uh, with with people who get into law enforcement is that the the law enforcement uh, lifestyle and, and certainly I mean social you could devote an entire semester of a sociology class to studying the the police subculture mm-hmm. uh, the the actual um, the actual way it works, I, I just don't. I just don't think that anyone would would believe that I was being sincere. Yeah. And you know, the people who get into law enforcement, it, it seems to it seems to take up um, their life. You know, I, I was in the gym. I go to the gym downtown Manchester, New Hampshire, and I, I see there's these two guys who frequently come in, and they wear these shirts that say HCDC Correctional Officer, and that means Hillsborough County. Uh, you know, Department of Corrections. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like the people they identify themselves. Their identity is so intertwined with what they do for work. Sure. You know, like yeah, I love my job. I love doing it. And and many people in law enforcement do. But I mean, I could do many other things. And you know, I'm very happy where I am. Um, but I, you know, if I get out of law enforcement, I'm going to be okay. You know, it's not, you know, I think you're right in your observation that (laughs) they wouldn't, uh, all of a sudden gain respect for you. In fact, they probably respect you even less if you turned tail and went back to being a prohibitionist. Brad, I'd like to make the point. I've spent a lot of time, uh, studying this, uh, law enforcement, uh, mentality, Uh, the correction officers, correctional officers. I was a uh, staff canteen operator for five years or something like that at the prison that I was at. And, you know, I spent as much time interacting with officers as I did with inmates. Um, so I, I, I see that. And, you know, where there at that particular place, you would have never had any hope, not a dream, not, not a moment to imagine that you would ever get a promotion. You'd have the worst hours. They, you know, they may not fire you over it, but they would treat you horribly um, at a place like that. So, I mean, you're lucky as to where you are currently. And also, I think that those guys are, you know, they're incentivized to be the way they are and, and likely they can't change because of it. And isn't it interesting as well, Brad, you know, we in the Freedom Circles uh, become a little bit used to this. Thing. We become inured to it and, and acclimated to, you know, hearing about uh, uh, law enforcement against prohibition. And, and you know, it's it's something that we like to promote. And, and for us, we're familiar with this. And it fits very well with our philosophy. But from the outside, when the news hit about you in the New Hampshire Union leader, when when you testified in public, uh, uh, in favor of this uh, proposed uh, leg- piece of legislation that uh, Matt Simon had been working for so hard. Uh, t- you know, sometimes for us, uh, we got to step back. I, I know I had to step back for a second and realize, wow, what an amazing, uh, you know, explosion of breath of fresh air that would be to all of a sudden hear this new concept coming from a guy who works in the law enforcement community. You know, for me, it might be different from you because you're, you're running into people who don't hear this very often at all, uh, and you are at, at the epicenter of it. But for me, uh, I got I to realize, hey, you know, this really was one of the first times, I think, in state history that anyone came out and spoke out against those laws from the position of law enforcement. You were the first, I think. Well, that may be, um, and, and certainly, uh, Guard, it's very kind for you to speak that way. I mean, I certainly don't don't expect or want any special accolades, you know, for what I do. I mean, I'm just doing it because, you know, I I'm, I, I identify myself as uh, as a black and white thinker, and I understand that that's not always a good thing. But to me, to me, there's right and wrong, and it it, it just things have to logically add up um in this 
to anyone who, you know, who I I try to explain this to, I mean, just logically, you know, what's the logic behind putting a sick person in a, you know, do a sick person in a jail cell? Do we want to protect people so bad that we'll kick in their door at 2 a.m. with a a SWAT team if they grow plants in their house? (laughs) Crazy. How many, yeah, how many multiple sclerosis, AIDS, and cancer patients do these folks want to put in jail cells at the tune of $80 a day per person? I mean, it's crazy. As many as it takes, son. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just insane. And, you know, I mean, I think, I, I really hope, I'd really like to see Lieutenant uh, Maxfield join uh, join law enforcement against prohibition openly. And, well, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I like how you say openly, because I was talking with him the other day, and I, I, I like to bring it up, obviously, from time to time. And he kind of hinted that he might have joined anonymously. I, you know, he won't confirm that, obviously. Uh, but he's anonymous. To, to, what I'd like to say, um, something that I've learned from being in the law enforcement, uh, you know, world. I've been a cop over ten years now. You got twenty seconds, Brad. Go. People in law enforcement typically have that type A personality, really, really tough, tough mm-hmm, guy. Sure. But it's 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 so funny that um, people in law enforcement are so concerned about what other other people think of them. You know, people need to stand up and be their own person. Yeah, I think that's why people outside of law enforcement need to also start to talk to uh, law enforcement officers. We need to have more activists reaching out to law enforcement, having conversations and showing them that not all drug users are strung out crazies and that there are a bunch of responsible ones out there and they don't deserve to be plucked out of their lives. Brad, keep up the great work, man, and thank you so much for everything you do. Hour 3 is coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. If you dial toll-free 800-259-9231, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. And joining you tonight, it is Ian. Vanguard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We continue taking your calls about whatever you want. Still have to give you the update on some of the activists. Uh, Sam, our friend and co-host on the show. Also, marijuana civil disobedience activist Andrew. Updates on both cases here in a bit. But we continue with your calls. And we'll talk to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, Mark Ian and Guard. How are you guys? What's on your mind? Um, Over the weekend, or yeah, actually it was yesterday, I had an interesting conversation. Uh, I was at a party, and there was a local fireman, and uh, I started talking about property taxes. And this guy uh, said that he was part of the problem, and he knew it. And he would be talking to his fellow firemen who would also complain about uh, property taxes. And he explained um, that I guess they took $32 million uh, for the fire protection district that he worked in. I think he said there was 250 employees, and 90% of that was for their salaries and benefits. Jeez. Yeah, that was a lot. And those are some expensive trucks they drive, so 90% is salary and benefits. That's a lot of salary and benefits. Yes, and uh, and he tries to explain to his fellow firemen, well, why do you think you're paying so much in property taxes to pay you guys? Um, That's part of the reason. 
and the more I discuss these kind of issues with with people around me, the, the more amazed I am at how many people really get it. There are a lot of people who really get it, and they don't seem to be speaking up. No, they're scared. Well, or whatever. I mean, if if you're a fireman and that's how you're making your money, you don't want that that good life to uh, that 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 good dough to suddenly disappear. Yeah, and yeah, it's a, sure. that's the it's same a strong incentive. That's to the policeman from Leap. It's the same with them. But it's fear. It's fear in in every case. It's in the case of the firemen. It's fear of losing their jobs or fear of losing you know the the benefits or fear of losing the pension. Uh, in the case of your neighbors who might not be bureaucrats, it's just fear of uh, of being targeted by the state. It's it's fear of having their uh, their family broken apart and their house stolen from them or or whatever it is the consequences might be for being a visible known uh, liberty-minded activist, somebody who's actually doing something rather than just silently or privately complaining about a situation. It's fear in every instance, in my opinion. Yeah, fear is definitely effective. Um, One other thing, earlier tonight, you mentioned something about getting a radio station in Illinois. Did you say where? No, I can't say that yet. I don't have any agreements. about area? Because Illinois is a big state. I I don't even know where. I like, I know where it is, but I don't know where it is as far as in relation to anything else. So I can't help you. you. just have to be patient, Matt. You know, I shouldn't have even said anything. Me and my big mouth. Okay. okay. All right, man. Anything all else? Right, well, that's all I got for All you. right, man. Thanks for the call, dude. Patience, uh, 800-259-9231. I know now. Well, yeah, I told you. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. If I tell too many people, it'll jinx it, and then we won't get it. So yeah, the that's anticipation. That's, that's the reason. You know, verbal just isn't good enough. All right, so we continue with your phone calls to Jan in California. Jan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, can you hear me? Hey, yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Um, well, uh, I've, I've called you in the past, and I'm uh, pretty much an entrepreneur. I guess that's who I classify myself as. And, and uh, today I, I just woke up, and it, it, was, it was one of those days where um, I feel like that I hit like a roadblock. And in the past, I always had like a mentor, whether it was a teacher or or some older, uh, like an older colleague that I could turn to. But now I, I feel like I'm on I'm, I'm completely on my own. And I wouldn't say that for for my age. I think I'm doing pretty well. But I don't. Th- I'm I'm not you know where I, I want to be. And and and, I, and in terms of, of of you know making how much money I, I want to make and. A lot of times, my clients assume that I'm making a lot more than I really am. I think, you know, you guys know how that feels like too. I'm pretty sure a lot. Of people yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do. We have. We're very clear on that. It's very common in radio. People think that radio people make uh, money because it's it's entertainment, right? It's media. It must be glamorous. Lots of people and, hear your voice. Yeah, and it's not so much that yeah. way. But what kind I of mean, uh, goals are you setting for yourself? As far as you, you say, you have a certain amount of money you want to make. Yeah, well. I mean, especially being in California, being in L.A., I mean, my office is in downtown L.A., and Hollywood is like, it's like, you know, 10, 15-minute drive away. I mean, it's very materialistic, and I really feel that if I don't have millions, you know, in whether assets or, 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 in, in, or in liquid money, it's, it's just, you know, I don't feel that I'm living the lifestyle that I want to. I mean, um but so what kind of lifestyle are you looking for exactly? I'm I'm still not sure what you're are you looking for millions of dollars every year or what? Um I, I mean it's 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 that that glamour lifestyle of 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 running multiple businesses of uh and being able to go to like red carpet events, 
it's just I, I guess that, that. So you want to be like a like a playboy or something like that, right? Where you've got the fast Nothing cars. Nothing wrong with having big uh, big dreams. The I, fast cars, the the red carpet events, uh, late, you know, two ladies on your arms, that kind of thing. Is that what you're yeah, envisioning? I, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's it, it's it's it sounds very materialistic, but I mean, I've really thought it through, and that is you know what I want. Like, and it's it's I I don't I really don't care about having like the nice cars. It's just having the ability to have that. But like the option to have that, if let's say like that I wake up, it's like like I have the freedom to have that. But if I'm not making a certain amount of money, even if I want to go to that that movie showing to meet the the cast that that I like, you know, I I don't have the 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 freedom to do that because of of the financial limitations. And that's really the thing. I mean, even if I have a lot of money, I wouldn't. I'm not really the type that that you know shows that you know that that wears. Jewelry or anything. Like I'm, I, I feel that I'm pretty humble. It's just like I want to be at a level where I have the option. Sure, sure. The uh, the the comfort level where you can. When they say, don't they say that a great measure of how wealthy you are is how long you can just stop working. That's and being supposed able to be the to, definition of wealth. You know, being able to how long if you just stop working, how long can you pay your bills for and right. continue living? Yeah. But the problem is like, I mean, I can stop working for. You know, I would say 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 a long time back for a little while, at this lifestyle. But this is not the lifestyle that I want. Like if I if I if I, I can't I can't I don't have the option of buying a a, a Ferrari or Bentley. Let's put it that way. I mean, I have the option okay. of buying you know a, a a Yaris or a Camry. That's mm-hmm. that's it. And, and you know, with options like now, that. Now, as I recall, Jan, from the last time we talked, you're on the younger side of the tw- of uh, twenty, right? Where where are you at I, as far as age? I I I I turned twenty uh, uh, a couple months ago. Right, that's just what I was thinking. Uh, do you see your your uh, your curve going upwards in the future? Your your earnings potential rising in the future with loans and expanding your business and that sort of thing, moving into this track. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of of of, of borrowing. Of I, I I I'm not a believer of. of Getting a lot of, of, of debt and, and, and I agree and, with that. Uh, yeah, use your ca- use your capital instead of somebody else's. But here's another question for you: What about your uh, the, the people in your age range? What about other 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds? What are you seeing them having as far as success is concerned? And compare yourself to them. What level are you at compared to the rest of uh, the people in your age range? I mean, I mean, the, I mean, it's 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 it was all. I mean, high school was very it was always awkward for me because I always could talk about certain things with with my peers. I was I wasn't you know the the people that I I, I felt I close to was people I, that I worked with. Um, I mean, none of my peers understood what what I was really you know doing. Like I was I was you know in in accounting class you know I was investing you know in in stocks and. No, none of my peers really understood what I was doing. So right, your peers I, um, were probably partying on Friday and Saturday yeah, nights probably. when you were working. Uh, I mean, that's how I was when I was a teenager and uh, going where I was working at Kmart, uh, which certainly is not uh, the most glamorous of positions. But uh, but I was working there, and I'd work there every single weekend when everybody else was out having a good old time with themselves. Well, I I graduated high school with ten thousand dollars in my bank account. I don't know how much the rest of uh, the people in my grade had at that time, but I doubt it was that much unless mommy and daddy happened to be wealthy and they deposited it for them. Yeah. Um, so I think that I want to bring you back, Jan, and continue this here because uh, I think you need to put yourself in perspective as far as where everybody else is compared to you and where you want to be in the future because you're still on the young side. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. Vanguard and Mark. Inviting you to join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including... The Wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. W-I-K-I. Wiki.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. The uh, principal over there at uh, SACL CAI, Jason Osborne. Really loves Liberty. If you uh, had an opportunity to uh, see his video that he did uh, at the tea parties not too long ago, good stuff. You got an opportunity to see him uh, presenting the message of Liberty to some, uh, you know, sort of angry and upset Republicans, and it was really interesting. <laughs> did you watch surprising. the full video or yeah. the news report? I got to see the full video. I have not yet watched Lots it. Lots of cheering for for his, uh, you know, sort of soundbite speech. It was great. But you Excellent. can see that over at his uh, YouTube channel, Manger Fan. YouTube's yes. Manger Fan. Thank you. Yeah. And you can see SACL CAI's banner at freetalklive.com. That's true, which is uh, very important. All right, 800-259-9231. We bring back the entrepreneur, or a entrepreneur. Jan is with us from California, and you're talking about, it sounds to me, Jan, like you're a little frustrated with where you currently are compared yeah. to where you would like to be. And as you were describing earlier to us, you were saying that you would like a lifestyle in which you have the ability to uh, you know, go somewhere at a moment's notice, uh, walk the red carpet if you want to, uh, drive whatever vehicle you want to drive. It's just basically a, a playboy kind of lifestyle, uh, having all kinds of wealth and being able to invest it in a variety of different uh, venue, uh, ventures and things like that. And I think that's a very good thing to have, uh, you know, that kind of drive and that, that kind oh, of agree. ambition. I agree. It's just that he's frustrated by the fact that he doesn't have it right now. I wouldn't get too upset yeah. about where you're at, however. Yeah, you why, know, Mark? You, why wouldn't you well, get too upset? I, John, basically, you, um, you know, for your age, you're 20 years old, and you're making a very good living for yourself, and you're essentially sitting in the uh, top, you know, one tenth of one percent as far as uh, 20 year olds in your, uh, you know, as far as earnings in in your age bracket, and you want to be in the top 100th. Now, I applaud your uh, determination and your drive. However, I wouldn't beat myself up over not quite reaching that goal. You'll get it, but you may not get it tomorrow. I mean, the thing is, like, out here, I mean, I'm not sure how it was in, in, in Florida, but it's like, out here, it's like, every other building is 5, 10, 20, 30 stories high, and, and I mean, there's so many of them, I mean, it's like, you know, I drive down a block, you know, all, all I'm seeing are, are these tall buildings in, in L.A. And sure, like, but they're not owned by 20-year-olds, John. Right, but I mean, but, but, but the thing that frustrates me is these kids of these wealthy people, they're driving sure. gently. Absolutely, and, and, and you know it, it's it's one of these injustices of the world that uh, that that you know the little rich brats. I, I saw you know I had to deal with uh, some kid in the gas station who was driving a you know bright red brand new sports car who decided to you know he was on yakking on the cell phone and and pulled up to the first pump when I was right behind him he could have pulled up to the second pump and then let me in instead I had to go around you know and I that's you know, his looking, pump mark. What's that? It's his right. Well, he you know, what, that. whatever. He just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. But I can tell you, I didn't think nice things about him and his little red sports car at that time. But you know, the you got to remember that that kid's bought and paid for by his parents, Jan. And you know, you he, get to decide what you want to do. And you know, if his parents want to you know, hang a gold chain around his neck, 
fine. But he's got to pay for that down the line in different in a different fashion. And you, and you know, Jan, uh, these these folks are money making opportunities too. They've got capital that they want to spend, and you're in the market. So yep. the more successful other people are, the more successful you can be. In many cases, uh, it's not mutually exclusive. Just remember that. You know, the the riches that have been passed on to these kids. Uh, you know, it, it, it fires you up, and as long as you can turn that into a positive uh, source of energy to get you going and not get too frustrated, not not over eager. Oh, right now, I mean, it feels like that. that I, I've hit a, a like like a, a, a plateau that mm. I'm I've been struggling to to uh, like in terms of how of how much of cl- the client base I'm bringing and how much you know money is, is generated per month. It feels like I've hit a certain plateau, and if I don't change things, you know, around or around do something different, it's going to stay at that at that. Yeah, plateau but, but Jan, yes, Jan, you will have to change it, things around. The United States is in a recession right now, so yeah, if, no you, if you're just on a plateau and you're not going down the side of a cliff... You know, you, you should take take some stock in that. Right. But. It's all about uh, the perspective, in my opinion. And that's kind of what I was talking about before. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite things about aging is that uh, you get more perspective as time goes on. It's one of the only advantages. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so w- when you look and you look at what the other 20-year-olds are doing, and I see that you're frustrated by the fact that there are a bunch of mama's boys out there and daddy's boys that are uh, getting their parents to sort of pave their path of gold. And me too. Uh, for them. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, when you are successful, and it sounds to me like you already are successful in comparison yes. to your uh, the, the people that are of your same age, and that's something, again, that you, it's important to look at is how you're doing compared to them. But uh, as you are um, successful, you will get the satisfaction of knowing that you did it on your own and that you didn't need mommy and daddy to be in putting uh, you know money into your bank account because you're snorting it all up your, your nose and then paying your rent for you or whatever, buying your cars. You'll have that self-satisfaction of knowing that you're an individual who can stand on his own and can create wealth for himself without having to, uh, to you know, rely on some uh, parent to give him a handout. And also, let's go back real quick to the red carpet thing. Guard, you oh, made yeah. a point during the break I thought was important to bring back around Yeah, yeah. You. you know, one of the things, obviously, Jan, you have your own perspective living in, in, in L.A., and I was in L.A. too, and I right. worked at a TV show out there, and I worked up in Vancouver at a TV show, and... Um, uh, one of the, one of the things you know in that environment you do see that every day and then you see you see the other side of it you know I used to take the bus from Pasadena down to the uh, down to the Paramount uh, studios and I'd pass through you know barrio after barrio going through Chinatown cars up on blocks and I'd get <laughs> off yeah I'd get off the bus sometimes I'd you know be uh, one of the few people probably with a job on the bus I'd get off the bus I mean you know I'm just making assumptions but just to show you this the, you know I was hanging out with some people who didn't have that much money and I. I'd go through some bad areas. I would get off the bus at the Paramount Gate, and, you know, they got Lamborghinis pulling through the parking lot, and you could see all this money that was coming in from all over the world for this entertainment. I mean, that's, that's the other frustrating thing. It's like, what the area that my office is, is in, it's, it's in downtown, and, yeah. and it's in the area where it's, it's mostly like, like illegal immigrants. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's very, very poor. Yeah, I know um, I know the place. But, but see, here's the thing. This is, you know, what I just wanted to address, buddy, was... was you know, your sentiment about how you wanted to be out on the red carpet and you wanted, you know, it's part of your desire is to be at a level where you could achieve that if you wanted to. And I understand that drive. But one of the things that that I've always found is uh, my desire to be able to be successful and things like that has a lot more to do with if a friend's getting married and he's in Hawaii or he's in Arizona and he's one of my closest buddies, 
I want to be able to be there with them. If my brother's getting uh, married, I want to be able to have a, a, a party for him that I can, I can help people out if they can't. Th- this sort of thing. If I, if I meet a woman that I really like, I want to be able to have a house and, and a place where I can do things for her on a, on a more personal level. So, you know, just keep that in mind as you go through it. Um, the, a lot of the red carpet people who are out on those, on those red carpets – they're just show people, and they couldn't even afford the cars they're being driven in because they're rented by the studios for them. So just keep it in mind, man. Thank right. you, Jan. I wish you good luck out there. Keep yourself positive. And uh, remember, the way to be successful in this world is serving others. As, as long as you keep that as in, you know, your central focus, that serving others will make you successful, you will be. Don't ever tell yourself you can't do it, and don't get your allow yourself to be brought down by the fact that it hasn't happened for you yet. It is happening. More coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. Hey, the other day I bought my first firearm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At 357? Match. I even got a $5 good guy discount. Nice. All I had to do was sign up for the military. Sign what? This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Garth. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including updates. Get signed up, and we will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about whatever's on your mind, as we go to, I believe, Gene the Christian Anarchist is with us from Tennessee on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Hi, guys. Hey. I was going to talk to you about uh, China as I'm going to be traveling there again in about six weeks, but I changed my, ma- my mind. I uh, would rather save that for later and uh, discuss uh, two different events that we went to this weekend in Dallas mm-hmm. and, uh, and compare the two. And one was the symphony, which, as you probably know, is heavily subsidized by tax dollars. And the other was a rodeo, which, as you probably also know, is not heavily subsidized by tax dollars. Okay. Mostly uh, paid for by through ticket sales and uh, and, uh, and advertising dollars. And good, hard-working now, folks. And good, hard-working, crazy guys who want to ride bulls. Well, don't forget um, the ticket, uh, you know, the people, the butts in the seats are the ones that <laughs> make the rodeo happen. That's true. Um, but the symphony, for starters, we went to the symphony. Of course, we got dressed up, and I hadn't been to the symphony since I was a kid, so that goes back to the 60s. Yeah. But, and I expected to hear some nice classical music. You know, that's what you go to a symphony for. And we walk into the symphony, and Dallas has this beautiful symphony hall. It's all marble, and it's it you know, looks like 10 stories tall and balcony seats all over, and they're all, uh, it's just beautiful what the taxpayers built up there. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you. Against their they will. Spent a, yeah. They spent a pretty punt, pretty penny paying for that thing. And then I went in there, and I listened to this music. This guy played this avant, avant-garde crap mm. that <laughs> I thought sounded like uh, discordant, Noise is what it sounded like. Wow. I mean, they could have played 
if they played eighteen twelve overture or some Beethoven or Bach or something, you know, I wouldn't have, I would have I would have rather enjoyed it. So you're saying that even it. though it's subsidized, they're not even playing the music you want to hear. So you're not getting anything so out of it. That is exactly the reason they need the subsidizing is because nobody's going to pay. We paid a hundred dollars to get in there, and I guarantee you, ah, with, with the crazy. subsidies, mm. wait a hundred dollars per ticket or a hundred dollars for the two of you. Hundred dollars for the two of us to get in. Still there. really expensive. But I guarantee you, with yeah. the subsidies, uh, a performance like that is probably a thousand dollars a seat. I would guarantee that that's what it's costing. Is a thousand dollars a seat, so they're probably subsidizing that by the taxpayer. Nine hundred and fifty dollars a seat to listen to. Well, you got to. The one thing you have to remember is yes. Uh, hold on, before, before you go on, Gene, is you got to remember that because of the subsidies and because of the fact that these people get paid so much um, to you know play their classical music, it then means um, that the people that would listen to classical music, say in uh, the suburbs or something like that, then go into town to you know into Dallas to watch it, rather than supporting classical music in their local town. So therefore, spreading the wealth out and allowing more people to play in symphony. In, in symphonies around uh, the, the the state and around the country, it throws off the whole thing um, because there you see fewer people listening to symphony type music. I mean, you would hope it was classical, but obviously it's not in all cases. Um, and it, it it you know it, it destroys it destroys the art itself. So let's compare this to the rodeo. We right. also went to the rodeo and in Fort Worth and. Uh, you walk in the door. It's fifteen bucks to get in through there, rather than fifty bucks. Um, you get a pretty good show. There's a lot of hooting and hollering and 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 great entertainment. Uh, People getting hurt. Every, <laughs> everything is paid for and provided through the funds that come through that door. I don't know if there's there might be a little bit of subsidy on that arena, but I kind of doubt it. I think that the rodeo arena might. Might be uh, if it is getting a subsidy, it's certainly not getting as big a subsidy. And I just compared the two, and I see one as being uh, a pretty downright, honest, uh, free market method of getting things done and getting them done at a decent price mm -hmm. versus versus an extraordinarily expensive, very um, uh, you know, it's very focused for a very small crowd. This is a very, very tiny percentage of the population is going to want to listen to this. Right, there are a handful of artsy, garbage. you know, a handful of artsy people out there that are very, uh, half very of the people absorbed there, in themselves. That, half of the people there didn't want to hear it either. They just went to be seen. <laughs> you're, prob you're probably right. So probably there's only 20 people that actually wanted to hear this. And let those 20 people pay to hear it if they want to hear it. And also, if if it was actually forced for everybody to pay their fair share to listen to that music, then it's going to do two things. It'll drive the, the seat price up to what's what's more realistic in the cost of putting that on. Mm -hmm. And it'll drive the wages down of that guy up there waving the stick and those ones 
uh, plucking the strings. You know, they're, way, they're probably making way too much money for what they're doing. Yeah, he should be out on a street corner. Well, let's not forget <laughs> the, um, the, the people that are supposed to be patronizing the arts, the patrons. Um, if somebody wants to hear, avant, you know, if, if somebody who's wealthy decides that they want to hear, I don't hear enough, you know, howling of cats. <laughs> <laughs> and so they'll say, I must subsidize these people. We will have an evening of how, cat howling every year, you know, and they'll, they'll put in an in, uh, you know, endowment in place and and the, you'll, they'll have their cat howling i can t- i can assure you for enough money those people that have their tuxedos on um, you know making the uh, the cat gut on their little fiddles there scream in agony would uh, dress up in uh, little pink tutus and smear themselves in peanut butter and dance around um, and do somersaults on the stage for them if <laughs> for, the right for, for the right price and isn't it isn't it interesting how uh, a lot of the leftists and progressivists claim that uh, the only way that you can produce diversity is by getting the government to forcibly take someone's money away from him or her and not allow his diverse opinion to be expressed. It's got to be taken and yep. funneled through the government to the various politically connected projects that are out there. And that is what represents diversity. It's insane. It's totally upside down. Oh, and one more thing before I go. I wanted to say I used your mail-to-jail.com. Mail-to-jail.com, yes, sir. Right, and I, I sent a letter to Sam uh, regarding uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, writings from Gulliver's Travels, mm-hmm. talking about lawyers and what he thinks of lawyers. And you guys really should look that up. You can go to the Internet and type in Gulliver's Travels. Can, can you give us an executive summary? Well, he says basically that these lawyers are bred from their youth up to tell lies, and therefore if you're, if you're actually in court trying to tell the truth, you're at a disadvantage because your lawyer who's been bred from, the, from, his, from his youth to tell lies now has to actually try and tell the truth, and it, it's really hilarious. You've really got to read it and uh, see what it says. But, uh, Very good, Gene. I sent that Sam. I sent it in to Sam. I hope he enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, I recommend other people send some stuff to Sam. Absolutely. He's now in on his third, or fin- actually finished his third week. He's now in on his fourth week uh, in jail. It was April 13th that he was put in. For our listeners that don't know, and, and Gene, thank you for the call and, and supporting Sam. 800-259-9231. You can dial up here. But Sam was thrown in jail because he had uh, the, the courage to record with a video camera in a public court lobby. They then decided to keep him in jail because he did not give them voluntarily his legal name. And he still has not given them voluntarily his legal name. Now, that's despite... It doesn't look like he's going to either. No, uh, and he's on a hunger strike. And that's despite the fact that they already know what his legal name is. They took his fingerprints and they ran the, the fingerprints and they found out what his real name is from that. But that's not good enough for these bureaucrats. Right. They want him to bow down to their supposed authority and to give them the confirmation that what they believe, to, that they, what they believe is true is indeed true. And, you know, we're told, we're told all along that you have the right to remain silent. You hear it in the Miranda rights and all this other stuff. If you had the right to remain silent you would be able to not give your name. Yep. You see, you couldn't give your name by remaining silent. Well and it's, they say that anything you say can and will be held against you. I'm sure they're going to use that information yep. against him. Better believe yeah. it. 800 259 We'll give you the update on Sam's case here in moments. Also, marijuana civil disobedience activist Andrew Carroll, an update on his situation as well as the activists here in New Hampshire continue being absolutely outstanding and courageous. More coming up. Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. We'll try to sneak you in in these remaining moments. 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Garth. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for them. Uh, and we've got more features free than they charge for a lot of them. 800-259-9231 is our number. Our website, freetalklive.com. I'll continue with the calls in a moment, but I want to make sure I get these quick updates out about uh, Andrew and Sam, a couple of the activists. They moved here. Andrew from California, Sam from Texas, as part of the Free State Project in order to be activists for liberty. And most activists choose the easy road. They choose the the road of po- the political system, which is relatively, well, unrisky. Uh, it's relatively simple to get involved in that and not really risk your family or your freedom or anything like that. Although there have been examples of people that have gotten involved in politics and have been targeted. There's no doubt about that. But for the most part, politics is pretty safe. But what these two gentlemen have done is uh, acts of civil disobedience. In Sam's case, it was recording of, uh, with a video camera in a public court lobby. In Andrew's case... It was holding a piece of marijuana in his hand in a public place. And both uh, Andrew was publicized in advance and Sam wasn't publicized in advance, I don't really believe. But nonetheless, they both are now suffering at the hands of the tyrannical state. Um, and so we'll give you the uh, the latest here from freekeen.com, where today Andrew went to file his intent to appeal the conviction that he received on Friday afternoon. He was convicted, uh, found guilty of possession of marijuana. It was a uh, rung up as a Class B misdemeanor, which means that it was a fine, not supposedly intending jail time. But as you'll discover if you decide to not pay the fine or do the community service, you're going to jail. So the judge ordered Andrew, uh, because he wouldn't pay the fine or do the state-ordered community service, he ordered Andrew to show up for jail this afternoon. Well, Andrew went in and filed his in- uh, intent to appeal, which means that he's got some time now. So he doesn't he didn't have to go to jail this afternoon. It means he's got through June 2nd to perfect the appeal. So you file the intent to appeal, and then you get a 30-day window in which to actually file the appeal. So presuming he files the appeal, then that date will get extended out even further because then it'll go, I think, I don't know how the, the whole system works, but I believe that means he then goes up to the next level of court, which which means he can finally probably bring in a jury because they wouldn't allow him to have a jury in his right. first trial. Yeah. So it sounds like Andrew is on the path to a proper jury trial. Yeah, like this. you see on TV when you imagine that you're going to get yourself a trial and all. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't do that crap. Well, we'll see how that all ends up playing out because this will yeah. actually be you know one of the first. It may be the first jury trial that any uh, free stater has had. I, I think that I don't think Ivy and Bill ended up going to a jury. Uh, I'm not positive on that. But I don't think any of the other activists that have been um, arrested and, and gone through the process have had uh, a jury trial yet. So this will be interesting, especially considering the courthouse that this will be taking place at, should it take place, will be the same courthouse that we go to every single time there's jury selection and hand out fully informed uh-huh. jury association information. That's the courthouse that his trial is going to be taking place at. So it'll be very interesting to see how this jury trial differs in its dynamics from other jury trials where most of the jurors are completely in the dark about what jury nullification is. And in a nutshell, it's the uh, it's it, it's an old constitutional provision that essentially allows the jury to vote not guilty based on their opinion on the law, not whether or not the the law had been broken, but yeah. whether or not they, they think the law is a good law or not. It goes all the way back, hundreds of years back, to uh, British common law, right after the Magna Carta. And it's a great yeah. idea. It's the final check and balance yeah. on the government system, and it's, it's about you, time we bring it back. So. Do you think, Ian, when he has his day in front of the jury, that uh, there will be a block 
by these guys out in front of the courthouse uh, to stop to stop people from handing out the information it's to the jurors? a good question. They haven't tried to stop us yet. We've been doing it every single month. They, the only time they tried to stop us was the first time, ever yeah. since they've been leaving us alone. So we'll keep you up to date on that. So Andrew's got some time. He's not in jail this week. That's good. Uh, so we'll we'll keep you clued in there. And, of course, freekeen.com is the latest. Now, Sam, they had fo- uh, as you know, he's been in jail for now uh, on his fourth week. He's entering his fourth week in jail because he refused to give his name and because he was recording in a public court lobby. Now, Sam has already filed a writ of habeas corpus with the Superior Court. It was rejected. So now the, the writ of habeas corpus was filed with the Supreme Court of New Hampshire. And today, Ivy, his counsel, went to go and look into that to see what happened. Because it's supposed to be a three-day decision. It's supposed to be you file, file the writ of habeas corpus, and within three days, you get a decision back. Mm-hmm. Well, the Supreme Court was... Uh, Screwing with Ivy, basically saying, "Oh well, yeah, we, you know, we can take our time with this. Uh, it's no, 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 three days. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll get back to you when we yeah, get back. We do to what you. we want, right. So nonchalant. She, she filed. Uh, she then fu- ran out to the library and typed up uh, like a, I think it was, it was like a motion to expedite. And it's her understanding that they have to rule on the motion to expedite within 24 hours. Now, <laughs> going by the responses she's been getting so far, which is, screw you, basically, uh, it, I don't have a good feeling about the motion to expedite. But that's where they're at right now in Sam's process. Sam is still on a hunger strike. I talked to him this afternoon. He says he's going to continue the hunger strike. I encouraged him to eat something because, you know, I, I love Sam and I don't want him to, to hurt himself. Uh, but, you know, he's he's going to take this all the way is what it sounds like. And so he's continuing to stay in jail as this process continues on on the outside. It's just absolutely outrageous what is happening. And what's even more outrageous, in my opinion, is how the, the whole story is just non-existent on the, the mainstream media scene. <laughs> that is, um, you know, in some ways I'm not surprised. And in some ways I am. And I don't even know why it is I'm not surprised. Yeah, uh, I'm like, not surprised necessarily. You know, I, I don't really believe in a vast media conspiracy out there to silence these things but at the same time i have no expectation of this breaking nationwide no well well, yeah i was just just gonna say you know that that vote on the napolitano thing uh really encourages me uh the number of people who want to get sam on uh the judges it's it's the fox online show the fox the freedom watch that's awesome that is but i mean you know here you have a reporter for well let's call it a uh, internet news uh, organization who has been jailed for you know not turning off his camera refuse you know he was refused to give his name so he has uh you know enacted his right to remain silent and uh you'd think it would be a key issue for these people you know habeas corpus is being essentially denied to him because it's supposed to the the purpose of habeas corpus is supposed to be fast it is not a a, you know a slow process it's not intended to be the right to a speedy trial forget it all these things are uh you know showing up in his case nobody cares and i just the whole system i can't figure out why right the whole system is being shown to be total scam a total sham and an outrage and and you're right mark it's it's frustrating Uh, but i'm not surprised that's that's the thing i i don't know why and i'm not journalist gets all kinds of attention if you if you if you google iran journalist on the news section of google you get 800 results from today's stories alone and if you google sam dodson you get the pr press release that one of the activists sent out which hasn't really gotten much response. There was a libertarian uh, newspaper. Pieces. Yeah, there was a libertarian newspaper or something like that that picked up the story, but that's that's about it. The blogosphere has been covering this, but outside of that, the mainstream media has refused to pick it up. And it's not because they haven't seen something about it. I mean, there was the stories, the front page news, uh, the front page stories here in Keene, were not 
picked up by the AP. So somebody at the AP looks at those stories and turns their thumb up or turns their thumb down, right? I mean, well, all the, those the headline stories. the headline isn't you know right. That's true. It wasn't it ever was, about Sam. None of them were specifically about, about Sam. Jailed journalist. Uh, you know that. Yeah. You know any of those things. It doesn't say that. All right, we need to get to these calls. So that's yeah. the latest on Sam. Uh, he's still sitting in jail, and the Supreme Court is dragging its butt. We continue here with Alex in New Jersey. You're on the amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. I feel bad about changing the topic. No That's problem. Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? All right. So I just got back from this uh, multi-level marketing scheme meeting. <laughs> and what they want me to do is they uh, they want me to sell this product called Mona V. I'm not familiar it's with a, it. It's a $40 uh, juice blend that mm, supposedly sure has all these great health benefits. It's going to heal the uh, cancer and the sick. Oh, no, they can't make health claims, though, right? So they'll say that, you know, to help reduce pain. I drank it and I had cancer and now I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Actually, you uh, can't I'm say just, pain. I'm uh, wondering what you, your guys' take on uh, this whole marketing scheme is. Oh, man, this is a great topic and it, it deserves more than a minute and a half. Um, just a quick question. Who brought you to the meeting? Uh, one of my good friends. Uh, How long has he been in? How long has your friend been in involved in this? Only a few days. He needs me so that he can become a qualified star member. Sure he does. Sure he does. Is this uh, your first uh, encounter with MLM? You are relatively young. Yes, it is. Okay. I was involved in MLM for a while. Yep. <laughs> so, so I have personal experience with this, uh, and I really want to talk more about it. Can you make a point of calling tomorrow, Alex, because uh, this is not going to be a good conversation in 30 seconds? Yes, I call, can. Call at the top of the show tomorrow night, and we'll talk about this. Okay, dude? Absolutely. Thanks for the call. Let's talk quickly to, I believe, Jeff in New York. Jeff, you've got about 20 seconds. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, guys, it's Jeff. Hey. Jeff, go. You've got 20 seconds, maybe even less. Go. Uh, okay, I got a letter from the U.S. District Court. They're asking me to respond in 10 days and fill out this really invasive questionnaire. And I, I don't want to, you know, go to the clink or anything, but I, I really don't want to participate with these people at well, all. Well, wait, are they just and, asking you, know, you to respond, or are they demanding that you respond? No, they demanded in 10 days. They say that, you know, jury service is both an opportunity and an obligation of every American. Man, wow. I love the opportunity of being, being able to go to a jury, but I also think you should have the right not to if you don't want But it. if you don't, they're going to come after you, so you might as well and try to nullify it. Fija.org. Call us back later tomorrow. We'll talk more about it. Thanks for the call, dude. See you tomorrow. FreeTalkLive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.